Okay, let us, let us do a little teaching. I have a lot of scriptures if I get to it. So what I was saying was I believe that, um, that the Lord is doing something in his people. Um, this conference we're having in March, this prophetic conference, we're actually calling um, Awaken, the Awaken Conference. And when I was talking to Ivan Roman about it, I said, hey, we want to do this conference. We're going to call, call it Awaken Conference. He just, like, it just was, like, he thought, man, that is incredible. And my wife's been uh, seeing other ministers that have, feel like the Lord is telling them for their church they need to awaken up. They need to be awoken from their slumber. So I think God is awaking his church if we didn't need to be awoken in the last two years. Maybe, maybe that was just preparing us for 2022. And my dad talked about um, our care pastor, the double blessing, 2022. And then Gershom just said that on the video. Hey, it's going to be a double glory. So you know what? Let's just go with it. Let's just start Let's saying, I want the double blessing of everything you have for me, God. So, But another thing the Lord has been talking to me about is this very simple statement. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And so we're going to do in the next, um, the next while, I'm going to do preaching on, I'm going to call it the Red Letter Series. I'm just going to talk about the words of Jesus. Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. We have to remember this very simple, this simplistic gospel. I've said it before. The gospel is pretty simple. We just make it more complicated you know, and it's good to have theological discussions, and it's good to go to conferences and, and go to, the, you know, little theology school, schools of theology, and that's really good because we have to have a, we have to know who God is. But sometimes we actually elevate theology over God in the simplicity of the love of the Father and the Son and the Spirit and the simplicity of the gospel is, it's like something sometimes we miss. Jesus came in the flesh, God in the flesh, became sin, died on the cross, rose from the grave to give you eternal life. And all he says is, very simple, leave it all for me. <laughs> give it all up for me. I mean, some of the, like how he called some of the disciples, follow me. But I got to do my thing. Follow me. I don't care. Just go. And so there's some, some simplicity in this text where Jesus literally says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, my kingdom and my righteousness. Now, context is key. So this is in Matthew, um, if you have a Bible, this is Matthew 6, uh, Matthew 6 it's toward the end of the, uh, of the chapter. I'm going to start with um, 25. Matthew 6.25. I love that uh, in the New, New American Standard, the, you know, sometimes they have like little titles or subtitles over passages of Scripture. This one, I love it. It says, the cure for anxiety. Oh, that's pretty good. So check this out. Here's Jesus speaking to his disciples and to those who are listening. For this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life. Now, we could stop right there and go home. Like, if Jesus, you're like freaking out about whatever, Jesus appears to you in, in, in the flesh and says, don't worry about your life, period. I'm like, I'm done. I'm good. 
I'm not worrying ever again. Jesus himself told me not to worry. But he, he goes on. He says, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat or drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Um, sometimes we get a little, you know, sometimes people get a little crazy about their clothing. They're going to wear, ladies. Metro men. Actually, I can get a little bit crazy with my, who said right? I can get a little crazy with my clothing. I mean, I'll, I'll like many, this is a good husband. I think that's what a good husband should do. I'll, I'll put on an attire and I'll come out and I'll do a little, you know, something for my wife. Like, hello, do I look good? Shoes. And, and she'll say, we did this morning, actually. Shoes look good, no good. Shirt. And, and she'll go, no, that shirt, no. And I'll be like, great. So I'll go put on another shirt. How's this shirt look? Even just for sometimes just getting up out of bed, I have to ask mommy. My, you know, no. She says, don't call me mommy. I'm not your mother. I said, thank God you're not my mother. Hi, mom. <laughs> but, you know, it's, so it's, so it's important. But, but what he's saying is, like, don't, don't focus so much on your provision. So he says, don't worry about your clothes. Um, I've come to give you life. I mean, John 10, 10, right? I've come to give you life and life more abundantly, so stop worrying about your clothing. 26, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? I hope I'm wor worth more than a bird. And I am. I, we had a bird growing up. What was that bird's name? Poncho or Pequeno or something? What? Parakeet? It was a little parakeet. They were, birds are dumb. <laughs> birds are good to be eaten by cats. Are you not wor worth much more than a bird? Yes. Verse 27. And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? Actually, this is really good. This, the, the red letters here are really good. Who can add a single life by worrying? Do you actually know that worry can actually cause you to be physically sick? Like medically, it can cause all kinds of problems with you. Anxiety and worry over years. This thing's going to shut your body down. So Jesus is, is, is kind, there's kind of a double meaning here. Not only will it not add life, worry can actually shorten your life. So why are you worried? And he says again, why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Uh, spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need everything. He says the Gentiles do this. You Stop. Don't worry. And then he says, the famous. So this is the context of what he's saying. He just said this whole thing. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry about what you eat, about provision, about clothing. But seek first his kingdom 
and his righteousness and all these things that we just talked about, they will come. What happens when you focus on these things, you move your eyes off of the provider and onto the provision, and you're actually praying provision when you should be praying provider. Now, it's good to ask for things, but asking for things and seeking are different. We're actually supposed to ask. Seeking is a whole different animal. Seek first his kingdom. Don't seek these things because you are, they're distractions. That's another thing. It's like they're distracting you when you're so concerned about these things and you're not seeking me and my, my promise for you and my will for you. You're not actually walking out the plan and the call for my life because you're so worried about this other stuff. It's, a, it's just a distraction. And then he says, do not worry about tomorrow. Seek first the kingdom. Let me tell you this. Let me just remind you of this real quickly. The kingdom of God, the kingdom is in your midst. The kingdom is Jesus. Jesus is who we seek. There are a lot of people that are seeking a kingdom that, that doesn't have a king on the throne. They're seeking their own kingdom. And so they're building their own kingdom. They're building their own church. They're building their own whatever. And they're doing it absent the Father and the presence of God. And usually what happens is chaos all around them. We don't want to, like, with, especially with the church expansion, we don't want to do anything that God doesn't want us to do. I don't want to labor in vain. Let me, let me tell you from personal experience. When God builds the house, you don't labor in vain. So things are a lot easier when God does it. When God leads and you follow, it's a lot easier. I've been the senior pastor now for 18 months. Um, March will be two years, so 18 and so, so months. Yeah, two years. We should have a two-year two year party. Two year, this church has been around for like 14 uh, years. I think I was two years in. came two years after. And so I've been the senior leader for almost two of those years. And I've had a lot, and I came in with, I came in COVID. I mean, literally I was, hey, Zach and Rochelle were like, hey, we're leaving. That was a Sunday. Chris and Carly are going to take over. Everybody was like, oh my gosh, horrifying. (laughs) Well, I mean, it was because Zach was leaving, right? That next Monday is when the governor, governor, he locked everything down. So my first Three months on the job, if you were, were talking to a camera. And people were like, oh, my gosh, that's so hard. How could it be you took up a church in COVID and when to come back and all this stuff? And, yeah, it was difficult in some regards. And some people also said, man, pastoring a church must be so difficult. And not to, you know, burst your bubble, it's not that hard. I mean, it's not. I mean, it has challenges, of course, like anything else. But I think if God calls you to something and you yield to the call, it's a lot easier to do that thing that he's called you to do. Sometimes we are either in a call of God, not seeking first his kingdom, looking, about, looking at the distractions and wondering and worrying about this. And it's the call of God, but it's very frustrating and it's very hard because we are, we're building that thing that God says, I'll build it for you. You don't have to. Just, just let me do it. Just follow the leading. Everything will be a lot easier. Again, it's not like, I mean, it's not like pastoring has its challenges. 
mostly, you're all, the challenges are mostly staring at me right now. The people. I say this in love, obviously. I mean, there's going to be things we have to work, you know, and it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not like a, a walk in the park. But my, my point is, we have chosen to let God, the best we can, to lead us in what to do here. So we just follow the voice of God. And another good thing to do, especially if you're in your ministry, surround yourself with other people who hear from God on your behalf and are with you so that you can run ideas and things by them so we can all move this together. It's the simplicity of the gospel. We're not supposed to be like freaking out all the time in life. I mean, he, he says right here, don't worry. Now, will we have trials and challenges? Yeah, we know that. God said that. But in those things, what does he say? Don't worry. Man, any storm you can sleep through, you can speak to. How does this happen? It's because you've been seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. Now, we got, don't forget the righteousness part. The kingdom and righteousness are together. Let me um, give you some cool verses on the righteousness of God. Um, I got notes today. So, seek first and his righteousness, right? Kingdom and his righteousness. Now, we're in the kingdom. We're in the kingdom. So, it's, 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 it's the same matter of seeking out the heart of God but for those who are not in the kingdom, haven't received God as the Father, it's, it looks a little differently than us who are in the kingdom, but we still seek the face of God inside that king's domain. And his righteousness is this. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, Jesus became sin so we could be made righteous in him. It says in the Passion Translation, For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us, so that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with Him. So we're made righteous with God. I mean, it's pretty amazing when you think about it. Through our union with Christ, God looks at us, He sees the righteousness of Christ. He sees us as a son, as a righteous son. But we're still in that weird place where yet we're like, you're married in, we're adopted in, and we're married in, right? But we're still seeking the face of the Father. It's like this, if you're, if you're married, those of you who are married, you still seek, you still want like to be with your wife and seek her out even in the midst of her. Being there, you're still seeking out what she likes, what she desires, what, like, what can you do to, you know, this is like, if you don't do that, you're not a very good husband or wife. But seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness for sons and daughters looks like this. Mary and Martha. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. That's what it's seeking First, his kingdom. And there's a key. First. First. God doesn't want seconds. He doesn't sloppy seconds. You know, I don't want your sloppy seconds. I want your first. I want number one. That's what I want. Seek first. 
kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. He is saying this also just shortly after he had spoken to the disciples about the Lord's Prayer, which is, or that you could call it the disciples' prayer. So Jesus, we know this, right? He says to his disciples, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. What he was saying before that was, hey, don't be like a Pharisees or a hypocrite who stands in the corner and prays, and it's like, I'm fasting. I got to tell you, I, I'm a terrible faster. I've told you this before. I am the worst. You don't want to be near me if I'm fasting. And I only fast if God shows up in the flesh and says, son, it's the 10th year now. You have, it's that 10th year you need to fast or whatever it is. Last, I mean, it's probably not, I probably shouldn't say it, but last time I fasted was about uh, 10 years ago, actually. Um, and I think, I think it's important to fast. Um, I just like to feast with God. I mean, I do. I mean, I just like to feast with, with God. But if God tells me to fast, I will fast, absolutely, 100%. But I'm just not a, I'm not a good faster. And, but, but you've been around these people where you know they're fasting. You walk in, and like if you, especially if you've been a church person your whole life, or if you've been on staff at a church, and you know, especially if the senior leader's fasting, and it's like, I'm fasting. I've mean, had a guy that would be like, I'm fasting. I'm fasting this week. So don't bother me. You know, it's like, dude, you know, I think sometimes you shouldn't fast. Like, if you're going to have a bad attitude, stop fasting. (laughs) Like, it defeats the whole purpose. And don't fast. This is not a fasting message. But don't fast for the favor of God on your life. I'm going to fast so I get more favor. No. Oh, I'm going to fast because I need need God to heal uh, my friend. I'm going to fast until he heals my friend. I've heard people say that too. I'm going to fast and pray. And No, dude, that's manipulating God. You know, like you're not being, he's not going to, oh, now you fasted for seven days. Now only will I heal your friend. No, man. There's no requirements on healing. We've told you before, Jesus just heals. Now fasting is really, really good though, because it, it what it does is it, it starts to eliminate those distractions and put your focus back on the king and the kingdom. And so like you're, you're like literally starving your body, which is horrifying. You're starving your body, but it's good in the fact that then you can forget about the physical food and focus on the spiritual food. So it is a really good thing to do if Jesus uh, tells you to fast. But don't be all crazy about it. Don't stand on the corner of Las Vegas Boulevard and scream that you're fasting. Jesus also says, don't, be, don't babble with your prayers. This is another thing he was talking about. Don't, don't be a babbling Babylon. Blah, 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 pray, pray, pray. You've been in prayer meetings like this. It's like, oh my gosh, just be quiet. We know you want to hear yourself speak. Be quiet. Zach famously always said he would love this verse. Jesus rebuked long prayers. Here's what he said to pray, though. This is really good. Go in your room, do it in secret, and God will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition. It's annoying, you know? It's, it's like if your kid is constantly asking you, blah, 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 you know, same thing over and over and over and over and over, and you're like, be quiet. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray this way. Our father who is in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from, um, from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That's a really good prayer, guys. A couple of things that stand out to what Jesus had just said. Had says, has, says later, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Forget about tomorrow. It's four, verse 44. Don't worry about tomorrow, he says right after that. Do you know that if you do a word study, this is really cool. Give us our daily bread. Do you know if, if that were literally translated from either Greek or Hebrew, they say the same thing? It would be translated this. This kind of changed the whole thing. This is amazing. Give us bread today for tomorrow. That's what it means. Give us our daily bread. Give us bread today for tomorrow. God has already given you your provision for tomorrow. So don't worry about tomorrow. I'm already giving you provision today for tomorrow. So why worry about tomorrow? And tomorrow, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you provision for the next day. You don't have to worry. Man, give us bread today for tomorrow. That's what that means in the Greek and in the Hebrew. Yeah, I thought that was good. Thank you. That, that kind of changed the, that changed the whole thing for me. Forgive us our debts. <sighs> Do not lead us into temptation. By the way, he does not ever lead you into temptation. If you read James, this, this would be more um, like save us from the ordeal of temptation. That's another way, another translation. God, save us from the ordeal of temptation. But here's the key here. Seeking first the kingdom of God means literally eliminating anything else that would try to come and place itself above the kingdom. The kingdom of God is everything. The king's domain, the king's domain and his righteousness. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. I love Ephesians. I'm going to read out of the Passion. I told you I had a bunch of scripture. Look at this. Ephesians 1 out of the Passion. Paul says, I'm writing this letter to all the devoted believers. Is that you? Look what Paul says. So this is for you. I'm writing this letter to you who have been made holy by being one with Jesus, the anointed one. You have been made holy. Do you understand that? We, we forget that sometimes. And, we, and we, we try to think like unholy. But look, we're not, we're not, of the world, right? We happen to be here, but we have, we have to think differently. Sons and daughters, kingdom-minded thinking. Paul says you literally have been made holy by the anointed one. Then he says, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon you as a love gift from our God, our dear heavenly Father, the Father of the Lord Jesus, all because... His son 
wrapped us in Christ, or he, has, he sees us wrapped in Christ. He ordained us so that we'd be seen as holy in his eyes with unstained innocence. When you're so focused on everything else and you're not seeking God and his kingdom and his face, you start to believe lies of the enemy. Remember when Jesus sent, sent his disciples out two by two after he said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, and he says, go out two by two. And here's the funny thing. He says, and when you're going to each town, don't talk to anyone. Why? Because when you start talking to people that I don't want you to talk to, doubt can come into your heart. Unbelief, doubt, confusion, offense. Focus on what I've called you to do. Seek first my kingdom. Focus on my kingdom and my righteousness. That God and you have been made righteous through Jesus. Focus on that and move forward. The kingdom of God is always increasing, and we need to increase with it. We need to move forward with it. This is our call. This is what we are created for. Worship, love, of course, and, but moving forward in the kingdom and not focusing on the healing, but focus on the healer. Um, I said we want to build a little kingdom to control what God is doing because for some reason we think we know better than God or we simply don't trust him. And when you don't trust someone, you always try to manipulate that person into unwitting, unwittingly falling under your control. It's subtle and it's witchcraft. This is what we do. When we don't trust and we get a little anxious, we, get a little, we start controlling, and we start to manipulate a person. So we can control them, so they can do exactly what we want them to do. But, oh, but no, we don't, but no, it's very subtle. But it's also witchcraft. And we don't have to act like this if our focus and our hope is where? Squarely on heaven. This is a really simple message, guys. Um, And we're going to keep delving into the red letters of Christ. If you ever like want something to read, uh, Proverbs are always good. Um, and just go, just go to the Gospels and just read, just read the words of Jesus. They're life-giving. Um, you, you, you should never leave the presence of God feeling depressed. I would say if you have left the presence of God feeling depressed, either you didn't you weren't in the presence of God, or when he poured out his love to you, you rejected it. And you know, it's, the sad thing is people reject the love of God all the time. We go like, how, we go, how, could, how could somebody go to hell, right? Like if given an opportunity, I'm, I'm telling you, there are people that would still, if Jesus walked into their midst, would reject him. I mean, it's, it's unreal to me. So we're a people of kingdom principles. Awaken your heart to, the, to what God is doing in this next season. Read um, <laughs> anxiety. You're, you're anxious? Read, read this again. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Um, can we be concerned? Yeah. I mean, it can be concerning. We can have concern, but there's no need to take it to the level of worry. God, actually, worry... Um, 
I mean, I've heard people preach that worry is a sin. And the reason why they've said that, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't go that far, but the reason they said that is because Jesus says, do not worry. So if you're doing something Jesus actually told you not to do, right? So I'm not saying that it's a sin to worry. I'm just saying Jesus literally says, don't worry. You won't have to worry about these things when you're seeking me first. Come on, stand. I'm about done, guys. That's it. I just, I just feel like... Um, You know, when God does what he does, and that's it. I want to read a little bit of uh, something real quick here. Thank you, Lord. All right. This is what seeking the kingdom looks like, right? Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. Right? We've been there. She came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Tell her to help me. Lord, I've been seeking everything. Man, I've been praying and I've been, my whole heart has been on provision and on healing and on blessing. And I spent my entire focus and I've been distracted in that. God, make everybody else like me. Why, is, why are people just coming to church? Why can Tony just relax in your presence? Man, doesn't she know there's stuff to be... Like, what is she doing? You come into just like, oh, well, God's taking care of it. I believe in him. I'm believing him. This is, what Mar- this is what Martha's doing. Come on, God, wake her up, Jesus. Give me a break. The Lord answered and said to her, Martha... First of all, you shouldn't tell God to do. You shouldn't be like, tell this person. Like, God, make this person do it. Martha, Martha, you are worried. There's that word again. And bothered about so many things. <laughs> right? Come on, who's, who's been a Martha? Let's be real. Lift it up. Page? Never? You are worried and bothered about so many things. Don't you like the guy, though? You have the friends that it's like nothing phases them. You know these guys? Like, like, wh- why are you so calm? It's all good. Now, sometimes they're just, some of it's not kingdom. They're just, oh, it's all good. Jesus actually says, why are you worried and bothered? About so many things. But only... One thing is necessary. Listen. One thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good part. And then he says this, which I love. He says, and this will never be taken from her. Listen, the kingdom of God is yours. And it will never be taken from you. 
Jesus doesn't want to He doesn't want you to live in worry and anxiety and confusion and doubt and what's going to happen. And again, it's good to ask God. Ask God for provision. Ask him, man. You need, come on, you need provision. Just God, provide. He is provider. But it's a matter of asking versus seeking. Don't seek those things. Seek the healer for the healing. Seek the provider for the provision, right? And then God says, and then guess what? That stuff's coming your way. Right, Tom? That's coming your way. But here's the thing. The, Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. Right? Everywhere he went, right? The kingdom of God is at hand. It means it's right here. It's right here. So we also don't want to, like, I've been to churches before, and like, all they do every Sunday, it's like, it's like, revival's coming. Healing's coming. Just believe it's coming. It's like, man, it's here at hand. Just grab it. That's it. I'm preaching in a couple weeks uh, about the story of two, I don't want to give away a little bit, the story of the blind men. Two two blind men came to Jesus and they're like, hey, you know, have have mercy on us, God. And Jesus, I don't want to give the message away, but he says something in the message that is, is so good. He says, do you believe I can heal you? And they're like, yes. And then he says this, become what you believe. Come on. Become what you believe. This is Jesus. Jesus is who he says he is. Become what you believe. If Jesus says he's healer, become what you believe. Amen? That'll be a message in the Red Letter series coming down the line. So, Father, we just bless you this morning. I know that this was short and quick, and there wasn't really much more to it because it's pretty simple. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. It's pretty simple. So I didn't want to get all crazy with it. And so, Father, just those simple words of, of that you've said, Lord, let them lock into our hearts this week. Everything that we put above you, we, we lay down. We renounce anything that we have come in uh, contact with that is trying to um, take your place. You know, when we baptize, we do a baptism. Um, we did a baptism this summer at the, one of our uh, members' homes for those who got baptized. And one thing that I, I have our staff say, and I, I brought it from the old kind of traditional uh, baptisms is, is we say, you know, before we say baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, I have them say, I have them ask, answer the question, say, do you renounce the devil in all his ways? Do you renounce the devil in all his ways? Come on, so just renounce anything that has caused you to move away from the heart of the Father. Just renounce it right now. Just say, just do it, say, I renounce it. Anything. Come on, Anything. I renounce it. Any witchcraft, I renounce it. Any pornography, renounced. Any doubt in who you are, I renounce that doubt. I say no more. Today's a new day. Come on, go go read go read the book of Ephesians. That's who you are. That's who you are. Made righteous in him, made holy in him. Now live it by seeking first his kingdom. Amen. Thank you, Father. So
I'm, I'm done. Thank you, Lord. Let's have our... Uh...